Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Okay, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Bet Online, our exclusive wagering partner. Bet Online, of course, where you get all your action on NFL football, NBA basketball, about to get started up in the coming weeks here. And Bet Online AG is the place you want to go. More options to wager than anywhere else online. So, online today, take advantage of all the great midseason bonuses, offers, and contests. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Use the code CLNS50 when you go to betonline.ag. Once again, betonline.ag, code CLNS50 to get you 50% off your initial deposit. All right, welcome in. We are live. We got four. We will soon have five. Josue Pavone is dodging rats at the garden, but he will be here uh, in a little bit. That's right. As the Celtics get off the schneid. Uh, and beat uh, the Charlotte Hornets 121-11 at the Garden. Uh, Sherrod Blakely, Jimmy Toscano, Bobby Manning, John Zanis. Um, uh, I'm guessing lots of people are going to be into this game because after the last two games, we needed a, a palate cleanser. Got a little something. There's a lot to talk about. The Jays, this, this, I don't care what this is. This is the Aaron Neesmith game. We're going to spend a lot of time on him. Uh, Marcus Smart did some things. Uh, your leader. Some things. Said some things. <laughs> Said some uh, things. Investigation. Yeah. Jalen Brown, motivated by the media. Maybe. I don't know. Came out gunning today. We'll see. Um, but a lot to discuss. So we're going to do that. And then we're going to do that thing where we head over to locker room. But I'm not going to inundate you with it now. Uh, let's just start talking about the game. So, guys, like I said, Neesmith's the headliner. We can jump right into that. But if you guys have any other opening thoughts about this game, obviously the start was huge. 20 point, yeah. 20 point lead in the first. They only won by nine. So thank goodness for that. But they led pretty much wire mm -hmm. to wire. And you know, we talked about all the time about them not listening to Brad. This was one of those games where they obviously came out to execute the plan, at least to, at least to start the game, which was get the ball into the paint, you know, pass the ball around, and they did it, and it works. Hooray. Space. Yeah. Space, everything pace, you want to see. You want to see it, and they did it, and it worked. And the first quarter was, was terrific. rest of the game was fine. Um, but it, that's that's what they needed. Jalen Brown, that's what they needed. They need him to come out and set a tone again. He did it in the last game and didn't get a ton of credit for it, obviously, given the night that ended up passing. But he quietly in that game at 39 points, 11 rebounds, kept them in it until the final stages. And again, tonight, did everything he needed to to establish an early lead. 
and unfortunately fell out of the flow of things at times through the middle course of this one. He eight of eleven to start this game, attacking downhill, draining just about every three he took. He is just a lethal, efficient scorer. And I I don't know how many ways or methods in which I can say this. Washington is gonna shoot. love Washington's gonna love this guy. Yeah, I just they, they put him on has, display tonight. <laughs> Tonight, I know he got lost in that second quarter, but when you look at the shot chart here, 23 shots for Tatum, 23 for Brown. That has to be the balance night in and night out. And Brown got much of it out of the way early. If if he wants to be the we, – we know Tatum gets out to these slow starts in these games. I think he averages just five points a game in the first quarters of these. If Brown wants to be that early initiator, they have to set that up. I mean, they got to find a way to balance this out and take advantage of the efficiency with, with which Brown plays. He is shooting 60% over the last five games. It's just extraordinary. He he shoots. You look at his numbers. It's like he plays center, and in, instead he's taking 13 threes and playing on the perimeter. Well, he was ridiculously efficient, but I, I thought the one thing that they – well, two things that they did early on that I thought were key. First of all, the energy and effort was consistent. You didn't feel as though it was two or three guys out there bringing it. You felt that everyone on the floor was doing their jobs and doing their jobs at an elite level. I love the way Tatum and Brown, really one of the few times where it felt like early on, they were playing off of one another, where one would attack and find the other. And that's something we don't see with these guys very often, between the two of them. We can talk about the scoring, we can talk about the efficiency, but they also had 12 assists among them, which I don't know if that's a season high uh, for those guys combined, but certainly it was one of the better games in which they were doing more than just getting their own shots. They were getting shots for one another. Yeah. And that has to be part of the blueprint going forward. If these guys are going to come anywhere close to being the team that on paper at least they should be nice flare yeah. screen early through thompson and get one of nice. those threes Beautiful. they were passing back and forth with each other really well and they do that i mean jimmy you say this a lot can they play with each other at their best, it does seem like they feed each other when it comes to pace, stops, and energy. When that's the style with which the team is playing with, they can set each other up, whether it's lobs in transition, uh, good flare screen action, skip passes, that kind of stuff. Oh, they definitely can. It's just a matter of how badly do do they want to because sometimes it feels like they do get into that single-player mode. But I don't want to talk about that. I thought this was a great performance by both those players tonight. They took turns carrying the team when, when they needed to. Jalen Brown came out gangbusters tonight. 20 points in the first quarter. Good on him because he said after the game yesterday that, you know, it's it's on him, essentially. It's on the, the, the starters and it's on him to come out and set the tone early. That's exactly what he did tonight. So, um, you know, all the credit in the world to, to Jalen Brown for coming out the way he did. And I thought Jason Tatum got hot later on in the game, which was good, good as well. He missed a couple, but overall, um, you know, good performances from them tonight. Um, shorthanded, obviously, because, you know, two, you know, on top of it all, Two of the distributors, you know, your two starting guards are out tonight. So that makes it all the more impressive that they were able to move the ball around the way they were. Tremont Waters came on and he was obviously up and down throughout. Um, <laughs> talk about a roller coaster game for him. That was but, something. Uh, that uh, announcement of the starting lineup was a stunner minutes before the was. game. And you know what? The Celtics hit, they, they were hitting shots tonight like they weren't last night. I mean, if they, I think last night they were like just a shade above 20% from three. Tonight they're, you know, uh, a shade below 40%. So really that is that that really comes down to the difference a lot of times in these games, you know, it doesn't make for entertaining entertaining television, but essentially they shot the ball a hell of a lot better tonight and a lot of that has they to did, do with but the they fact did that get Tatum the ball into the paint. The but they did get they the did ball get the into ball the paint. And you had Rob back tonight too, which was, you know, I thought we could easily see the energy 
that he brought on, on the defensive side of things tonight and, and, you know, how he opens things up for them offensively. And him, along with our guy Neesmith, who all of us have been on Team Neesmith from, uh, from the start this year. Except for Bobby. Have, have not said one bad thing about him for the entire year. So Except for Bobby that wanted more semi, but that's okay. <laughs> so credit to Neesmith as well for, you know what Neesmith The results does, for the results he, early. The one that's thing the thing. Yeah. The one thing he's done all season is run around like a crazy man. And he's still doing that to his credit. I'm worried However, for him. He's also yes. now hitting some shots too. Um, and well, that's, you know, what everyone had heard about him coming in. We didn't really know that he was his, you know, wild, wild child running around the court the way he is. But I didn't know he was going to be an eight, in. nine rebound kind of guy. He's like Rob sure. Williams, but, right? He can't stay on his feet. He's just all over the place. I tell well, you what, the, he's going to get think hurt of the, soon. Think of the intensity you have to play at for a guy like him to get eight, nine rebounds as he has the last week and a half. It's impressive for sure. But that energy alone. I think for, for him, I think it's just an opportunity to release that energy because he, he mm -hmm. seems like a guy that is going to play hard regardless when I, when I think about him now I mean but we're talking about him kind of being on a little bit of a better path when he's out there he doesn't seem nearly as reckless running around like a chicken with his head cut off as he was earlier this year to me it's like he's gone from having a GPS that says recalculating recalculating to now where it, he knows where he has to go. He's just trying to figure out how the hell can I get there without crashing. And that is progress for this guy. He is right. figuring out how to be an impactful guy without necessarily having his name called. I thought that three ball he hit in the corner that put him up six, huge for him, huge for the team. And it seemed like that's the kind of shot that he needs to get opportunities to make. Because obviously for a guy who came into the league with the reputation that he has as a shot maker, you want, you want to see him take some shots. You want right. to see him in positions where he, you're literally playing to what his strength is as an NBA player. The fact that we're seeing all this other stuff that he's capable of doing, running around, being a hustle guy, getting rebounds, deflecting passes, all that stuff, to me, that's just gravy on top yeah. of what should be his bread and butter as an NBA player, which is making shots. Yeah, and I, I do. I have to address some of the commenters directly because, again, I think almost like Bobby at times, I don't think you guys understand how this whole apology cam thing works. Like, <laughs> the, the lot of us were begging for Aaron Neesmith to play more minutes because we didn't want to see those minutes going to Semi Ojale because you know what his ceiling is. We wanted to see him go out there and struggle. I'm we sure the to... commenters had the utmost confidence in Aaron Neesmith. No, but that's around. not the point, Bobby. <laughs> All we wanted to do early in the season and what I was begging for was play him so he can right. get it all out of his system be wild be be lost whatever and Love get it. and learn as you go and then brad would yank him for seven games at a time then right. when he did play he played very poorly and so when we say that he played poorly that's just called analysis and now that he's playing better <laughs> we don't have to apologize for correctly saying he played right. poorly in his stick. i mean i think he was as sharad said he was lost. He was all over the place, which, again, is the reason why we begged for more minutes because there's no way – with no camp, no G League opportunities, the only chance – he had to play his way into having a clue in regular season games. It was the only path to getting him 
meaningful minutes. And this is by far, again, you're right, he's all over the place. But this game, I mean, he impacted it in so many different ways. The free safety stuff on defense, running yes. back, tipping yes. passes, intercepting passes. was an, He had three about two or three of those, yeah. Three blocks. Yeah. He almost had like seven blocks. He's literally almost killing himself on every single play. I mean, the guy's Love all it. over the place. But now he's making – this was impact everywhere. You know, buckets down low. He's he's, he's running around. He's, he's trying to get open on threes. He's just trying to stay on the court because he's yes. been on the opposite side of it before. He's been the guy with the DMPCD. If I yeah. if I gave everybody if if nobody watched the game tonight, right? And I and I named five players. I named okay. I'm just gonna name five players right now. I'm gonna name Tremont Waters. I'm gonna name um, Shemi. I'm gonna name Neesmith, Grant Williams, and um, take Fournier. Name. How about Romeo? And Romeo, Romeo, thank you. And I'm gonna say three of those guys didn't play, and two of them played 25 plus minutes. We'd get a hundred different combinations, you know, whatever the maximum number of combination guesses are, because on any given night, you don't know which one of these guys is going to be on the court. You don't know why they're going to be on the court or why, why they weren't on the court. So when a guy like Neesmith finds himself on the court, he's going to do every yeah. damn thing possible to stay on the court. And honestly, I wish more of these guys thought that way too, because Jimmy, I'm sure I, they're scratching this. Jimmy, right, I've got a, Jimmy, I've got a graphic for this. This is again, look at, I mean, there Parker, yeah, Parker, Parker Langford, Cornette, DNPC, who had Parker Langford, Cornette, DNPCD, Grant Williams, one minute and Tremont Waters getting the start on their bingo card. That's you know? a prop bet that we all, <laughs> I mean, once, nobody, 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 yeah, Bob, Bobby's like, please don't don't lump Cornette into this. Like, <laughs> he doesn't have to be part of this. But it happened. He didn't play. He's not right. a wing. And, 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 and not only did he not play, he didn't play after like a career. Jabari's game. not Bob... either. He's a four. Grant's oh, a that's four. true. You go. Grant's a four or five. He didn't play. This is just. These are guys. It's not a matter of wings. Parker falling out of it is interesting. The these are guys who you expect. Parker played 20 minutes the night before. Romeo played 25 or 30. Cornette played extremely well last game. Grant Williams was like okay and back in the rotation. I mean, he was asked last game, but two games ago he was fine. And then goes down to one minute. I don't know who Brad likes anymore. Like, I I, I don't know. I, I don't well, I'll know. I'll tell you, no Brad, Brad, Brad likes guys who are actually playing hard, giving great effort, and are making an impact. If you're not doing that, he has to go to the default mode. And default mode is Grant Williams. Default mode is Romeo Langford. But on a night like this, where you have a guy like Naismith who was playing with so much energy, so much effort, even when he was making mistakes, like that hard-ass foul that he had on Zeller, that's okay because it was an effort mistake. Coaches can live with effort mistakes. They cannot stand when you make mistakes because you're not trying hard enough, because you're not focusing enough, because you're not doing the little things that coaches know you have to do in order to gain their trust. So here's what Brad seems to be doing with the rotations. It's a mixed bag here. Obviously, guys aren't available, so he Don't has to fill like stuff in. Don't act like you know what he's doing with the rotations. <laughs> no, I have a pretty good Look sense here because it Wait, seems – you've got it? Tell everybody. Yeah. It seems, <laughs> well, I'm not saying it's going to make sense to people, but what he seems to be yeah. trying to do is a mix of experimentation, obviously, the matchup thing that he always – like he's treating a guy like Tremont Waters, Semi-Ojale, those types in the starting lineup – 
based on the opponent. Like it's the center matchup thing that he's been doing. I mean, I saw Waters in that starting lineup tonight, and the fact that he goes from non the rotation period, probably over the last you know two or three weeks, to becoming a starting fixture here. I know they're missing a few guards, but we've also seen them go with like four wings in a starting lineup this year. So it's not necessarily that they need another guard here. It's just that I don't know whether he thought he would play well on Roger or any of that stuff. And then, you know, when it comes to Neesmith, does this week of build up and play with him factor into him possibly starting if a guy's down, you know, with the way Fournier is playing? Does it factor into him continuing to get these minutes? Or does he look and say, all right, Grant might be a good matchup in this next game coming up against the Spurs, you know, if they're playing two bigs or something like I, that? I just think, Bobby, I just think you wanted energy. Well, well it doesn't maintain gain the game. I, no, I know we're joking about this in the I chat. Think after, I think after these couple of games, he want, the, tonight's explanation was simply he wanted guys who would run, guys who would play with energy the entire time, and that's, I think, why he played who he yeah. played. Because uh, well, I, don't, I don't think he felt he was getting it. I'm not lumping Cornette into that. I think Rob was back and Cornette got bumped. But I think uh, with the other guys, he wanted both energy and he wanted – Guys, more athleticism, I think, maybe. And did, did, did he and also with Devontae Graham well in that too. starting lineup, you can play Tremont on the floor because yeah. he's, he's not he's not as big well, a mismatch did, did, as he normally would be. Did Brad right. Slate and Smith to play a lot in this one, or did, you, did he just kind of run into it? I think it's hard to say. Playing him more than he should I think have. The, I, mean, I think the, yeah, I think the plan was for him to play Naismith, but when and he then he stayed playing with him. so well, yeah. he, he wrote him out. Right. So well, that's my point here. Think about it like this. They went with essentially an eight-man rotation tonight. You can't tell me that if Neesmith wasn't playing the way he was, that he wouldn't have gone to somebody like a Shammy or somebody else. Or, you know, to just, yeah. or yeah. Langford, you know what I mean? Like, no chance he would have just stuck to an eight-man rotation. We've seen him do the opposite with Semi twice in four games now. He was part of the starting lineup plan, and then they just get away <laughs> from him because something else appears. So yeah. this is what you've mentioned, John. It's It doesn't seem methodical. It seems At experimental. All guessing game of sorts and it's you don't blast them for that because that's the way the rotation has performed it's been like but, a mixed bag of production but, but now the, that you have this week of Neesmith playing really well do you stick with that. it do you try to build on that do you well, make them a fixture I, I take it back i'm going back to again the beginning of the Neesmith explanation about how we've talked about him and felt about him this year was I don't know why Brad didn't make his choices earlier instead of we're nine games left in the season and still in the this is my point mode. something's but gotta something's gotta been, stay the what, same now. which is why at the beginning of the year we said look you know who these guys are so pick right. some guys and roll with them and develop them and make this what you want like you see the guys there and you say these are the guys who I think I want to go with, I want to, I want to roll with here, remove them for total lack of effort, but not for lack of production or lack of whatever. If Neesmith was out there running around like crazy, which he was from day one, you should have just kept playing him there because you're trying to well, develop he was him. pretty bad at times. Though. He was we really like, bad. This, guy's, and, this guy can't, but I think Romeo is a, is a focus effort thing. Now he put him out there because he wanted him to be a part of the rotation. And now you have to think there's something he doesn't like there. You know, um, well, yeah, a passivity. Well, that's a guy I would not go back to. Yeah, offense, probably. It's probably. But it's the offense, but he, it. he's in and out with his focus. He's a little passive at times, and I just don't think he wants yeah, that right he now. He seems out right. of it. But the other thing is, is the other reason why we said they need to play these young guys more is because they have no other way to improve. You're right. not going to get practices. You're not going to get main. 
You didn't have any off season. But that time's over, Jimmy. I mean, they have to avoid the plan at this point. It can't just be like, you know, practice up and down. No, what I'm saying is for the backup wing spot right now. Why we were calling for Neesmith to play months ago, because it's the only way he's going to get better is if he plays. Yes, exactly. And then you're not at the point, like John said, where there's nine games to go. And now he shows his first like real sign of contribution from, you know, start to finish in a game. If you had kept with, you know, if if you had stayed with them two months ago, you know, maybe you're past this point already. And we're not, we're not leading with Aaron Neesmith 15 points tonight because maybe he, he was, he'd be more consistent at this point, right? Somebody that you rely on more. So that's the question there when it comes to Brad this season and the rotations and playing the young guys and, getting away from players for, you know, a week or two on end. And then all of a sudden they find themselves in the starting lineup and then they're benched the next day. Like, um, who is it? Um, Romeo and Samuel. Our producer, Amit, he was like, now we won't see, uh, we won't see Neesmith for three games. Well, that's my concern now. Like, is, is he going to disappear over the next few because Romeo shows something in a walkthrough or Grant ends up looking like a better matchup for what's on the court? At some point, and uh, Sherrod, you did a great podcast today with um, uh, Rick Brunell, and he was talking about the fact that Charlotte just rolls with what they think is good. Right. Like they're not trying to match up with the other team. They're trying to gain an advantage possibly by playing a different style than what their opponent's going to be doing. So if San Antonio, Portland on Sunday, they're going to throw two bigs out there, stick with Neesmith and keep the four spread out and play wing heavy. Even if the other team's going to be going in that direction. Sometimes I think Brad lets the other team dictate the style with which they're going to play on any given night. Yeah, I think that that's that's part of the overthinking of the process that he sometimes goes through, where rather than just play to your strengths, you try to play to what you think the other team's strengths are. You try to combat that. And I again, you can win at times going that route, but I don't think you can win over the course of a long and lengthy season when you're focusing more when the way you're you're game planning has more to do with what they're about than it does with what you're about and what you're trying to do. Uh, This was a uh, this was it was a good win, obviously. But and we all know this to to be the truth. It always it's going to come down to what happens in the playoffs. Uh, This is uh, what we're talking about is important. But what is this team going to do in the playoffs? Will they figure out some semblance of continuity? Uh, And and I think think right now, right now, we're at that. We're at the fourth quarter of like. The, the last tryouts for that eight, nine man rotation spot where you've got Romeo, you've got Naismith, you've got, you know, um, those are to me the two primary guys. You got Jabari Parker all trying to figure out, can they be part of that eight man unit? Uh, uh, you, you know, know Pritchard, it's the worst part. In there. Pritchard is a lock right now uh, coming off the a bench. Lock. There's no doubt about it. Yes. A lock. A lock. He is going because to Fournier. Because of Fournier. Fournier and that's the scary thing right now. Yeah. Fournier I is mean, not a lock. There is not enough time left for him to just float this out and take the three or four weeks that Tatum needed in his comeback. We're looking at a very realistic possibility here that Fournier could get lost in this rotation come playoff time. That makes it all the more important. Especially if Naismith keeps playing like this. It makes it a lot easier to make that shift because, again, Naismith is a shot maker. That's why he's in the NBA. Fournier, that's kind of sort of what you're supposed to be able to do. And if he's not making shots, if he's not facilitating, if he seems a step slow and a, a, a step slow in terms of his play, in terms of his reaction time, you can't have that on the floor in the playoffs. I'm getting uh, worried about I would that. much rather have I would much rather have that bull in the china shop, Naismith out there running all over the damn place, waiting for his GPS to tell him exactly where to go, than I do with Fournier, who's just kind of 
trying to figure out what I'm going to well, do today, and everything is going a million yeah. miles past me. He's in slow motion right now. Let's get into Fournier in a minute. Two things I want to say. One on Neesmith, Jalen Brown, short while ago, post-game commentary, talking about just his activity on the floor. Um, he wrote, I want him to be careful, but the other players are in more danger when he's flying around out there with his Ooh, elbows. Trying to shop. <laughs> <laughs> it's unreal. And then, and then another one, which was pretty good, um, uh, also just talking about Naismith playing well, um, this is Jalen saying he makes mistakes sometimes, but he makes mistakes going a hundred percent. And I'll take that. And again, yep. goes back Jaylen, to exactly right the same. Exact Jay Wait, John, it's the same Jalen that didn't even know Neesmith existed like two months ago. Like wouldn't even look at him on the court. <laughs> still look at who came at out of the second locker room. <laughs> yeah, yeah he's exactly. Still, he still yeah, won't look at him. Hey, Neesmith, you can come into this locker room tonight, man. Yeah. Here you go. Have Welcome, an, have, my friend. Come. Yeah. Here, have an egg here, roll. You guys come can have out. smart. We'll yeah. give you guys smart. We'll take Neesmith. All right. Um, very quickly, want to let everybody know here, and we'll keep talking Neesmith. We want to get into Fournier a little bit. We got to talk about Marcus oh. Smart's adventures uh, that led him to not playing tonight. Uh, and, and, and I am curious if do we – well, we'll get to it in Don't a second. Don't make us talk about Fournier, dude. We have to we a have little to bit. Have it's an area of concern. But first off, <laughs> uh, locker room app. Um, some of you guys asking again. Um, uh, Android. We're told it's being beta tested. It may work for you. It may not yet. Keep trying. I promise. Once we have a hard update on that, it's going to work. It was freaking lit last night. Oh you my know what I was god! I wonder well, if some of those people in the chat in the room last night were from the Android because it was a it was a busy uh, busy well, room. A couple said they they jumped on for the first time. Karen, who's friggin' already after one appearance in the, hall, in the Hall of Fame. It's a different Android. clientele on the Android side. Oh. Android. That doesn't surprise <laughs> me. Classy. Classy people. Legendary. She was awesome. She was awesome. So, so Karen was an instant Hall of Fame. And maybe Karen, only a second. if that's her Karen. real name. But she she came over on the Perk show, uh, which was great, and she hung out. She was phenomenal. Uh, Jimmy from the – what was his name? Was it Jimmy from the shower? Oh, no, Lord. That was, I Will. heard that one. Was it Will? Yeah, it was Will. Will. Yeah. Will was freaking like, amazing. Kess was that. unreal. Kess has been there. Obviously, Dudley's in there. He, uh, but everybody was awesome, and they were f f ornery. Uh, fired up. And oh, Goodman, Goodman got him fired up early, I think, on the post-game show. People are still mad at him. They're still get. They're still tweeting us over that. I have today. never right. seen the rate of dislikes that his videos got yesterday. It was oh like God. a I'm dislike feeling. a minute. It was big, 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 big. Like, I hate this guy and, and, and I hate CLNS and I'm unsubscribing to everything. How many times is he? This is the third time this season he has had a hot Jalen Brown take that leads to Brown coming out and just pouring it on with perfect shooting and yeah, lethal scoring. Not only that, Jalen and Jason were like, we'll show you we can play together. You know, like it was like, I, I swear. Anyway, uh, but that might have to be part of this team's pregame routine. The locker room was great. <laughs> might be. Bring your takes, hang in there, uh, come join us. People are asking, how do you talk on it? You just get in there. Uh, you say nice things about John. You say nice things about me and I'll put you up there. How does this podcast? You, get, you might get in the door. You give yeah. me gems. You give me gems. No, I mean on, honestly, you you just you just hit the button, raise your hand virtually, and you know, unfortunately, we can't always get to everybody because the rooms are getting pretty big. But we, you know, we rifle through as many as we can, and if we don't get you one show, we try to get you to the next. And you know, yep. it's it's pretty good. 
And that's what we do. It was fun. It was a packed room last night. We hung out for a while till like midnight. It was a lot of fun. So come on back and join us if um, if you're able to uh, later after the show. Uh, Guys, you did want to talk a little bit about it, Bobby. Well, Jimmy doesn't, but Bobby does. And I think it's really relevant. But um, I'll talk about it. I mean, it's a bit nice, but I'll talk about it. No, the Fournier thing is a bit of a concern again, because now we're looking at I mean, he admitted it after game one that he came back a little soon and that he's not feeling great. Um, but like this version of him is unplayable, you know, and and it's and he's unplayable right now. He's absolute trash. I mean, fine, he got eleven points yesterday. Le trash. Four, four, four of fourteen shooting, le trash. But the other the other three games, 0 for 7, 0 for 3, 1 for 7 from the field, and he looks like he's moving in slow motion out there. Holy he, wow. I wouldn't like, be so bothered by his, his play if he were figuring out other ways to contribute besides shot making. Because, again, we, we get it. You're, you're physically trying to come back from a, a very serious deal, and, and we all understand that. But because you're back, figure out other ways to help. Make plays defensively. Keep your man in front of you. Yeah. Be a facilitator. Do something that can mask the fact that you can't make shots right now. I mean, when you, remember when Tatum was kind of having his shooting doldrums? He, you, you look at his assist numbers. You look at his rebounding numbers. They were a little bit higher than they normally are. That's what you do when you're part of a team and you have a specific role that you can't meet in that moment. You figure out what the hell you can do to help these guys when you can't do what your strength is, what your superpower is supposed to be. Fournier, he's not doing that. And as long as he's not doing that, it's going to open the door for guys like Naismith. It's going to open a door for guys like Romeo to get in there and help this team if they can simply do what their jobs are. And I, I, again, if we're looking at another game or two where Fournier is 0 for whatever or 1 for whatever and Naismith keeps playing with this type of energy, we are going to see that rotation flip just like that. We're going to see more Naismith, less Fournier. And that's and for the Celtics. Again, I don't think that's a necessarily a good thing for them to get to where they need to be because I think they need both of those guys. I think they need both of them. But if one of them is sucking and his name is Fournier, you need to sit him down or at least cut back his minutes dramatically. Yep. Well, yeah. Jay, everybody's got to be Hold on a ready. second. Let's check in with Jay Sizzle at the Garden. Joe Sway. Jay Sizzle. <laughs> Splinter. What's up, buddy? Oh, please tell me you're not talking, because if you are, we I can't, can't hear, hear you. Uh, we can't hear a damn thing. Where's your mic? Bye. <laughs> Pick up the mic. We. Okay, yeah. No, hand signals don't work on this show. No, uh, it doesn't. Uh, I mean, he's not even, and it's not even real sign language. He's just moving his fingers. <laughs> he's mad at me. He's texting me. Look at me. He's angry texting me. He's angry texting me. Just wait. Don't, go ahead, talk. He is angry texting. He, he are you going to tell everyone what happened, John, or do you want me to? Oh, <laughs> he's angry me to? texting me. I can hear. You well, want me to tell, want to tell it everyone what John's happened? John's fault. John it? had me on mute. Thank you, Bobby. Wow. I just did it again. Apology cam. <laughs> I just did it again. Yeah, you're on mute again. There you go. Hey, buddy, go ahead. There you go. What's, What's going up, on, buddy? Yeah, not so tough anymore. Yeah, no, John with the with the trigger fingers over here. I'm trying to give me hype, man. I got my light here. I got the setup. My Wi-Fi is you're, crisp, you're, perfect. And you're going to throw shade and talking about I'm not coming in through audio. Wise. All right. You were, you, you, were, you, were being, you were being a little noisy, so I had to mute you. Yeah. Give, give us, us a nice report, Joe Sway. How, how did it all come together for him? You know what? It was gradual, Bobby. Honestly, like it was like <laughs> as if going into the second half, he's like, well, wait a minute. 
I think I can do this, guys. I mean, granted, what do you play? Thirty minutes today? 30, yeah, over 31. thirty minutes. I guess that'll that'll help. You know, uh, the, the 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 offensive cushion from your two all stars, of course, that'll help. Twenty second half points from Jason Tatum. That's exactly what Jalen Brown needed. Not that I thought he was struggling in the second quarter, but he needed obviously another hand in there in that second half, and that was Jason Tatum. Like, look, I, I just think as a cohesive unit on defense, I think. Neesmith was obviously a huge part of that. Everyone sort of played their part. Everything, everybody, that sort of energy was contagious, which is exactly what the Celtics need to do on the consistent basis if they want to finish this thing strong. But yo, I got to give a shout out to Jalen Brown because he said what he said last night, and he and he he backed up that talk. Less than twenty four hours later, he backed up that talk. That's superstar talk, right, right. guys? Uh, I'm not calling him a superstar, but that's superstar talk, right? That's what they no, do. No, but that that play is in him. We have seen at this point that that's not a fluke. Uh, we're, we're talking about Fournier and uh, when you hopped in here, Fournier. And yeah, East I caught the tail end of that. Um, I, Even I the, Fournier, at the right time, man. Fournier has a program that he has to just drop nothing but hot fire when he comes in. So so I think some of that, he has that going in him, which obviously Brad's going to encourage that, right? He wants him to, to, to get as many reps in as possible, get those open looks and take them. But I just think this sort of rust – it's just going to happen with, with, with COVID and, and, and his role. Like, if you, you combine the two reasons, this is sort of the outcome. This is sort of that period where I think he's going to try to get out of, get, get all the rust out. The, the two issues are decision-making and reaction time. Those seem to be the two major ones for him right now because you see him pass up open, great shots, and then you see him take difficult ones. I think his shot numbers are fine. I know Brown pointed that out last night. That he's not shooting enough. He's and way off, though. He's not just missing. Like he's taking corner threes. Sure, you can, you can see on well, the about, release. You know which like, one drove not, me crazy? That's, that's not online. He's not even online right yeah. now. I mean, he's, when they he's were when they were the release isn't pretty on top. When Awful, they were coming right? back. Yeah. When they were coming back last night, he launched a long one on the break, or at least breaking into the zone, that just completely wasted a possession. I thought that was one of the worst possessions when they were tearing back last night on that big comeback. So I I know Sherrod just said, like, Neesmith could possibly pass him. The tough thing for me is that he is in the right position defensively. I've said this since they got him. I'm impressed with like what he does defensively and his positioning and all that. But you just have those moments. Did you guys see the play where him and Waters just stood there at the top of the paint, didn't mm. switch their guy, and the the missing yeah. guy just came right down at Thompson. Thompson freaked out, and that, I thought it was on Waters because you know if you're looking at Fournier and Waters, who would it be? But it was Fournier. Fournier was just standing there. So I don't know. Like you might be right, Sherrod. He might just end up getting lost here. But at the same time, like he has that experience potential. Uh, savvy veteran we've heard brad in the past say like he doesn't even need to read the playbook he just knows what he's doing from hundreds and thousands of games can you replace that on a rookie like Neesmith? i don't know yeah but but again it, to me it, it comes back not so much the execution but the effort um figuring out ways to contribute other than just being a warm body running up and down a damn court mm-hmm. i need more than that uh i, I can live with with Neesmith making mistakes when he's playing with great effort i can't playoffs, deal with though? a guy Who's not making shots i can't deal with a guy who's not making shots not playing good defense and just overall isn't really contributing anything other than being another warm body running up and down the court yeah agreed yeah. We, we've got a lot of those guys sad but true you know no, what i saw true. today that's what romeo's doing for you but he's playing better defense but you know he's that you know uh right now 48 you got to play with romeo you got to play <laughs> Brad might be too bobby he might be. You got to play. You you know there's value in Fournier, so you have to play him out of this funk. It's just yeah. you're running oh, out of yeah. time, but they you have, have no to play. Choice. Him. Yeah, you have to yeah. play him. 
Yeah, no, for question. sure. Um, where do you guys want to go from here, Josue? Uh, you're 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 new to the party here. We talked a little bit about Neesmith, but tell me. Oh, I'll are... say one last thing. About oh, I got an idea. I just gave you a chance. Is nobody started Come on, you're looking I mean, at your I mean, phone. Jimmy, we saw it. Jimmy's, Jimmy's the classic. Ahead. I got one the more. The world thing, does though. not start and stop at your convenience, Mister Toscano. Ahead, so this is going to be if this type of play continues, it's going to be extremely Jeez. hard to justify. Danny Ainge. Sorry, but oh, come on. I'm just saying, it's going to be. I was going to say, let's talk about Brad You have Brad to convince Swag. Wick. You don't have to convince me. You have to convince Wick. Let's talk about Brad Swag tonight. I loved it. I love that energy. I, I think that's as close as you're going to get is, is him getting into someone's face and slapping someone around. <laughs> yeah, I, hope I, didn't say that I hope I didn't say that really loud, man. I'm telling you. Dude, PR already told me they can hear me sometimes, man. I need to chill. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Speak your truth, Joe Sway. Yeah. Don't be yeah. scared. Yeah, well, wants, what, what specific... wants to see me get That was a metaphor, here. right? What wants to see me get, get bounced. What specifically <laughs> are you talking about? He was on his feet pretty much every single play. Uh, if he wasn't, he was screaming like this. You know what I mean? But, like, emphasis. You know, like, it, when you're screaming like this every time, that means what you're saying is so loud that like, it has to get through. And, and I love that from Brad, you know? No one said he has to get in people's faces and or get physical, as I turn my voice down here. But <laughs> I just physical. think... Someone's got to slap that... Uh, what were you saying? Someone's got to slap people around? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, just... just I'm not saying verbal abuse, but that constant you voice... Just <laughs> all anybody you were, in the garden heard was verbal, was verbal and physical abuse. That's all uh, they heard. But you know what I mean. Right just continue. Damn, Joe Sway. We hear you. So violent. I feel like Brandon. <laughs> someone's going to grab my shoulder. So no, but no, no seriousness, guys. Like, like that's that's a significant difference, right? I mean, we didn't see that before. We saw it in spurts. Like, I, I don't like. I don't think he sat down throughout any of the plays. Really. Well, you know what, Joe Sway? We've talked about. That. We've talked about the fact that you can't do that for a full season. You're just going to wear thin on guys and completely lose your voice in the room. But with nine games to go, you can do that in no, the playoffs. You can get a little more intense. I, I disagree, Bobby. In fact, it's the, desperation the, time the, almost. I mean, it the depends your style. It's not his style, though. That's the true. person who's quiet all the time and yells once really friggin' loud does get people's attention. The guy who yells all the time doesn't hold people's attention. So if Brad kept it caged and was calm and every once in a while just lost his freaking mind, I think that would have some effect. You think um, he did that though? I don't know. I don't Maybe know. He did I don't think last he... night. Well, sometimes the circumstances call off. for it. Yeah. I know that Marcus thing must have pissed him off. And I don't believe him. He found out the same time we did. I don't, I don't believe that one second. You think that pissed him off? I think that pissed him off. I also think he, he he found out maybe maybe hours before we did. I don't think he pissed found off out. That I don't think did it or pissed off that he got suspended. I think I think both. Honestly, it's like you. They it's had like a conversation Marcus. this morning. You're right. Oh yeah, and that's nothing too. Right? Yeah, you know what, Bobby? I'm glad you said that, which is so contradictory because he was like, first he says, "Oh, this is news to me. I just found out ten minutes ago." And then he said he had a conversation about it. I mean, maybe maybe he he predicted the suspension or he could see it coming didn't know for sure but he had to Maybe they caught wind that it was possible right exactly they had definitely caught wind that it was possible or they knew they knew the situation happened. Although, otherwise was... otherwise why why what would trigger that conversation you know well he, here's the thing that i thought was interesting it was the way that the way that it was reported it was what marcus smart said during the game and after, after the game, the game. So after. that leads me yeah. to believe that maybe there was some sort of confrontation between smart and the official 
behind the scenes, you know, made, you made the official always, feel uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> made yeah. And, and that's certainly, you know, that, that's, that's, you know, that's crossing the line, you know, that's not okay on the court when, right. when there's a disagreement like well, that. It, it, Look, it goes back to this team's unhealthy obsession with the officiating. We know every team in the league does it, but this group just seems to be a little more concerned is, about it. But Bobby, is a little bit of that, or is it a little bit of, you know, Marcus's attitude or temper? Maybe he reached well, the he's the point. king of it. I mean, he's always looking for the call. We know that. This is his M.O. as a player. But like, you saw he, the trickle down. You even saw Neesmith chasing down officials today. It really yeah. does infect everybody. Neesmith was, Neesmith was chasing. That was kind of funny. That yeah, was no, kind of funny. Nobody's was, even looking at him. I thought it was funny that no one what? said him. What? And, and like, on the charge like, call. And you know what? Brad has started to placate it with these challenges. We talked about the Thompson one from the other night. They are getting to him and making sure that he challenges the plays that they want to. And you know what? That probably is a fine line that Brad has to walk. Again, I, I listen to him on the radio talk about that line he has to talk because they can only do it once. And there are going to be numerous times throughout the night that the team looks at him and says, do you have our back or not? Because they vehemently believe these refs are out to get them well, and me, Brad me... is, had, had to use that you know I, I feel like there's probably he would admit behind closed doors that there are a few times he probably felt like he was going to lose it but he felt like he needed to give the team that assurance at the let, time let me ask Sherrod on smart here because uh, we've talked about smart like the need for the fiery leader right and smart right. should theoretically be that fiery leader and we heard Perk the other day say well you know when Marcus does dumb shit someone's got to hold him accountable one of the drawbacks the Celtics say Marcus is our heart and soul in this net but I think one of the drawbacks with him potentially being a leader is that sometimes he also needs to be led or he needs to he needs to have someone keep him in check there's, so it, it needs it, to be a balance a checks know? and balances there and there's not uh the, and, and I think for Marcus I, I think part of his frustration stems from the fact that when he's just in that that mode where things are going well and he's getting frustrated he doesn't have anyone who can kind of take that angry mantle, if you will, and run with it a little bit so that he doesn't have to be the angry Celtic out there. Uh, what, you know, Tatum putting the hands out for a call, and that's not going to get anything done. That's not angry. That That's just being demonstrative. Uh, so th there's a part of me that likes the fact that, that Marcus was angry in that game, but I think it was displaced anger. Like, rather than, yeah, you know, crapping on the refs, crap on your teammates and get them fired up to play better so that you're not yeah. in that predicament. That, uh, yeah. But again, the fact that he showed emotion, uh, something that I don't think he's done nearly as much this year as we've seen in past years, I, I think part of that is the fact that he just doesn't have those dogs in the yard that he's used to playing with. But Guys that can, when he goes angry, Marcus, he's not by himself. But taking it out on yeah. the refs is excuse making to me. It is. it is. And that's what I'm saying. It's that your anger fault was this place. happened. And it I was, hate that. Yeah. The anger was right. that he showed towards them should have been towards his teammates, should have been towards his opponents, not the refs. But I like the fact that there's anger that you can see starting to show itself in a very tangible manner now. I like that there's anger, but he literally turned his anger into a one-game suspension where you could have turned it into some sort of emo emotional, like, get your, get your guys going, get yourself going. Right. So that, especially that, for know, this game, sure, they had I'm sure they had one and was, a half games on, on the sure Hornets. That's what Brad was, I'm sure that's what Brad was upset about, and I'm sure he probably made that very, very clear to him today if they did speak. I have no idea what transpired aside from the tech that he got called, and I don't know if he said something on his way off the court or what happened. We, 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 you know, they didn't say that, but whatever it was, clearly was enough to, you know, I mean, guys get texts for going for yelling at the refs all the time. Rarely do they get one game suspension for it. Well, I mean, if if you go at a ref and it's 
It had to be bad. than just the conversation. You're going to get it. Yeah. Especially I mean, after he, the game, because think about it, Jimmy. The game's over. Like, what's he going to do at this point? This is just if, if you're the referee, it's, it's personal. It's personal. That was though, right? frustration. <laughs> you know, they they lost the game, and he and he and he took it out on the refs. Like like Sherrod said, they put it put that energy somewhere else. We've seen this from him before. That game winner in Miami, everyone is celebrating. He was talking on the refs. We, I think he does that numerous times after games. He has those conversations, those heated exchanges, and it's like a respect wing thing with him. Like he. He feels disrespected by these officials at times. And we know how important respect is to Marcus Smart. And if that reaches too high of a height, we can see where it can go overboard here. But this is just, I feel like this team more than others, it has an unhealthy obsession with the officiating and allows it to consume their minds, take them out of games. And even, as you said, use it as an excuse for how they're playing at times. I mean, why, we've, would, we've why to- would Marcus think he deserves the ref's respect? He's one of those guys who's, I mean, he, no, if you're a notorious flopper, that's the thing that the refs hate because you're trying to game them all the time. So you're, that's hey, the John, wrong he's way. Never gonna, he's never going to escape that, is he? Like, it's been, it's been a while. Like, let's think about it. Like the, the fake, the, the fake flopping, like, it's the, just, the, it's, doing it's it on a regular basis has been a while, but you're right. That's stuck with him. You know, he Marcus yeah. doesn't have a doesn't have a great reputation with the refs, so I don't know why he would be feel disrespected by them. Like, but, no, I think I think that's it though. That's part of, that of the comes- frustration though, because he's been labeled this flopper, and he's tried so hard after his first two years in the seasons to get rid of that uh, that and stigma. I, and and I, you would think back to back first all teams would do it, but it hasn't. Yeah, and that's where I think the anger and frustration for him comes from. I mean, he. he when you look at where he's at in terms of just the way he approaches the game from the defensive side of the, of the court, the the way he utilizes and doesn't utilize flopping now, he, he feels he has made efforts to get better in that one area that he has been heavily criticized for. And he feels that he has earned a certain amount of respect. And when you have games like, you know, the other night where he's feeling very disrespected, he's going to get angry and he's going to get pissed because it's a reminder that you're not where you think you should be in the eyes of these officials. And for him, it's disrespectful. And again, I love the anger. I love that. I love angry Marcus, but I just don't, you don't take it out on them. You take it out on your opponent. You take it out on your teammates to get them to play better. Figure out a way to use that anger in a positive way. And Marcus didn't do that. Yeah. It's not good. It's poor leadership. No. It's poor leadership. Like they, you know, yeah, sure, they won today, but he's gotta be out. He's gotta be out there, you know. That's another one. If they lose tonight, we'd have a different narrative here. Cause on a night that Kemba Walker is out, if they went out and lost to Charlotte Charlotte again and you went through this stretch of games, you have to force Brad the, to start the waters. Hornets, like. the, the Hornets, OKC and Charlotte, and came out of this stretch over three, not to mention Brooklyn without KD and Durant. This could have possibly should have been a four game sweep here you came you came out of it one and three and if you had lost tonight you'd be looking at like guys what are you doing here you know like so again marcus gets away with it here it's definitely not ideal that show would have been wild if they lost it oh Oh, my god (laughs) me smith prevented 45 minutes on if they lost (laughs) <laughs> yeah john well, would have been drinking john would have just put straight from the bottle straight from the bottle effort you know well yeah i love, I love how uh, i love how tristan thompson stepped up in line there too those are the two key performances to make Huge up for that game. thompson's yeah. offensive rebounding and then neesmith neesmith's overall performance i thought thompson defended extraordinarily well throughout this one as well that was another interesting one he stays in the starting lineup over rob Probably something to do with minute management there, but he ended up earning that start. They were better on the floor. They were better defensively and overall, yeah. I thought, with him out there tonight. 
You could tell. But, yeah, but Robert kinda... had, but Robert got you nine boards in seventeen minutes. Yeah, Damn. get those quick. Got those in a hurry. I mean, he was yeah, just a real nice block. He was on yeah. double double at halftime. Mm -hmm. Had that great trait that chase down block on on Devontae Graham, which was awesome. Yeah. Um, he was yeah, Jalen did too. Rob likes right, jumping. Jay, exactly. I love that. That that's Devontae effort. Graham had a solid game. Speaking of, well, he started. He, yeah, he realized that Tremont can't guard him. Yeah, and he just went. He just but went. I don't out. know why it took him so long to figure that out. It, <laughs> took, it, yeah, took, it took him a half to figure that out. Yeah, yeah. and I, I, I'm not. I, I, I couldn't figure that one out. He googled Trey. He googled Trey Mon at halftime. He was like, "Well, wait a minute. This guy, <laughs> he's barely played on this team this year." So Mark Murphy said Smart was cited for incidents that took place during and after the game. So there was obviously something that happened I, I just after think the, the game occurred. I think well, after the game is what made what the suspension. Because what he did during the game was not a suspendable inter interaction and engagement with the refs. It was the after right. the game that cost him. Mm -hmm. You know, like good. I said, it, it was either uh, walking off the court or, you know, could have been, you know, you guys know how the, how the uh, hallways are there, you know, where the refs room is and everything so i mean anything could have happened yeah. really mm -hmm. but yeah i'm like, just I glad mean, these guys are making mad noise so uh i don't see any rats out here you know we'll, we'll cool. know when the rats are out we'll see you doing 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 your, your thing <laughs> I, I can't believe we didn't make what that. you mean then he'll really like, be on mute i jumped all i was man. oh my Joe god was like, listen, hilarious. i was listen. so mad about the technical difficulties i couldn't enjoy that you moment saw the as video, much as it though. needed to be enjoyed but i was watching it happen in real time it was just everything else was going bad and i was like oh by the I way there's a rat crawling up joe sway's leg right now <laughs> and he's hopping just, around like i said it was straight tom and jerry you just went for like the friggin chair <laughs> you just went running I always ah, and the funny, the funny thing is that if you can look at the camera, you just see me look constantly looking down, looking down. Like, where, yeah, I was just like, go? hey, I gotta move, going? I gotta move. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, was that good? Uh, we were talking earlier, guys, about uh, uh, Neesmith and uh, and his big game, and this is definitely, like I said, the Aaron Neesmith game. This is uh, we mentioned Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown had these comments uh, on uh, on Neesmith's performance. Man, great kid. Uh, he plays extremely hard. You know. His energy is always good, whether he's playing or not. You know, he works his ass off. You know, and he's stepping into his opportunity. He's playing well. He plays hard. You know, I love having him on the floor. I know he makes mistakes sometimes, but he makes mistakes going 100%. And I'll take that. You know, so um, I like having Aaron out there. He plays extremely hard, and then he can shoot the ball when he gets going too. So, and he guards, and he and he, and he guards. Gets some guys, rebounds, blocks, throws his body. Um, Aaron had a great game for us. He did. Of himself. I think that's what it is. I think he reminds him of himself. Well, whatever it is, like, yeah, Jalen Brown spent a, a, a couple of years totally flying out of control. You know, maybe not in the same way as Neesmith. Hey. He's been sloppy, but right. yeah. But that's even more of an emphasis for him to say, you know what? I can take this young kid under my wing, you know? Yeah. Mentor Jalen. I love this goofy little you. guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's running all over the damn place. Well, come with <laughs> me, kid. Let me get you straight. Look at this dude. Makes a ton of mistakes, but come here, man. Take he's a our seat. guy who makes 10 mistakes. I mean, you're making all guy. these damn mistakes and everything, but come on, man. We, Did I ever I tell you it. about uh, me getting booed at draft night? You ever tell you that story? Yeah. <laughs> no, <don't>. Right. <laughs> this, right. This had to be the best performance. Yeah, right. Now look at me. <laughs> look at me now. You know, five years <laughs> and nine figures later, look at me. <laughs> 
this had to be the best performance. I, you exclude Pritchard from that group because he's been consistently good all season. But the group Jimmy mentioned, Grant, Semi, Neesmith, Romeo, Parker, those types, this is by far the best performance they've gotten from any of those guys this year, which is such a breath of fresh air. And I'm looking at this game, seeing him closing again. We saw Brad give him that benefit of the doubt around the time they lost to New Orleans there on the road. He said, this guy's going to close some games because he can stretch the floor. We like what he's given us defensively. I think he had even gotten a start maybe, or they were looking at starting him around that time. But that door was wide open all season long for one of those guys to grab that spot and run with it. Seemingly. And it is incredible that no one even came close like but right up until now. That's what we were saying is I think Brad should have just given it to him. You know, like like I said, is you drafted a guy with the notion that he was going to come in here and play because he had a skill set that you thought was valuable. When you saw that he played with such energy and effort, I'm stunned that that wasn't justification enough to reward him with minutes. That's what's so baffling there, you know, because he is – you drafted him. The, the, what, what did we say on draft night? They got a shooter who could possibly help them on day one. It was obvious he couldn't. He needed to play his way into <laughs> well, you that. You know what? In the way of that so the, only, time. the only way to do that is to play him. You know, and that's what was so that was so strange. Well, at the time they're doing the Tice thing at the four, and that's why everyone's head was spinning. Yeah, back Bobby, and you that loved was it. In the way. You no, I never it. loved Double Big. <laughs> I thought you were Team Double Big. You, you love Double Big. Double I did not gum. like that. Yeah, you did. You loved Tice. So you, you didn't love Double Big. No, he loved Tice and Tristan individually a lot. So therefore, right. he couldn't speak out against either or in the starting lineup because he did have affinity for both. And but therefore, if he could, if yeah. he could I think he would have sent uh, Robert to Maine. Wouldn't you, Bobby? You would have been, you know what, Rob? Take another Damn year it. in Maine. Get these guys their reps between uh, Tristan Thompson and and, and uh, Daniel Tice. I, 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 I do like that. Would have helped a lot of those guys. Oh, yes, would have helped sure. a lot. The of other them. guys, but not Rob. <laughs> Rob was they ready to go this year. Uh, well, that would have condensed things naturally. Player of the year. Yeah, so on certain nights, so some of these guys work. just wouldn't be in the building, so they wouldn't be able to toss all of those minutes around to all these different guys. The roster's expanded this year. I think that's made Brad even more experimental happy. Like he has 17 guys on the bench that he can fool around with night in and night out. So this is the difference oh, between yeah, Rob and Neesman. With that. <laughs> He's tried them all. We've seen it all this year. Rob played every night. Neesmith. All those DMPs, you just can't develop something there if he's not playing. Period, and that was the Especially big. If you're not there. able to practice, so you, you, you're mm -hmm. not even. He's not even getting the opportunity to kind of he, he get work his way camp. into position. Right. right, just guard Tatum all the time. Right, and that's like, why I, I I said all along this guy. I'm holding out hope on him far more than Romeo because Romeo went through all of that last year, and we're still not seeing it with him. Neesmith. Next year yeah, is going to be almost like a blank slate for him. Romeo had the start and stops with injuries, too. It's not making yeah. excuses for him. But last year was almost completely a lost year for him. All, yeah. He came in late, and then, he, and then, he, and then he, he just had a bunch of starts and stops. He could never get a string of time where he was healthy and, and doing I – mean, right. he, he, Last year was – He's complete, never had an offseason either because he was hurt right. going into his, his rookie year, and then he was hurt going into this year. And then there was no offseason and no G League and yeah. no practice. You can almost so toss two years for Romeo at this point. You know, No, not almost. You definitely toss them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's great. Completely gone. It stinks. <laughs> it stinks you're going two redshirt years on a guy you drafted <laughs> in the lottery. He'll be eligible for rookie of the year next year. I know exactly. Ben <laughs> Simmons program. Is that what you're saying? Simmons <laughs> program. Uh, yeah. Blake Griffin, yeah. yeah. 30 year rookie. <laughs> it is crazy. It's, it's too bad, but that's it. It's like again, you just 
that's why you're not giving up on these guys because you just you don't even know if you've seen enough yet. Right. Obviously, Neesmith, you haven't seen. No, enough, I mean, gi- like giving up on Neesmith this year would have been silly. I, I mean, just <laughs> yeah, with dude. everything going on, uh, you just had a hold of hope. Nobody, with them yeah, in, I mean, nobody was actually this giving up said on Rome, This dude said Romeo is uh, dog water. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> right? It just wow. sounds ugly. Sound but... Damn. That does sound it's, bad. It sounds terrible. I'm not quite sure what it means, but it sounds terrible. I think he's better than that. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say he's better than dog water. So what's the What's the prediction? Okay, because we've we've seen this before. Peyton Pritchard scores twenty eight points, and Brad starts Tremont Waters. Um, uh, uh, you know, Cornette has a really good game, and he's a DNPCD. Bench. Okay, the next game, right? Bench gone. You don't even see him. Semi starts, plays eight minutes, literally is just shot out of a cannon into space, and you never see him again for for for, for the next two games. So Neesmith plays, and we've seen it. Romeo plays thirty games, then goes to not, five. Then Jabari disappears. Neesmith has a good game. He plays 30 minutes. He's clearly the story of the night. Does he play on Friday? And how much? Yes. He'll play. He's got a... 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah. We're on there. Because he's not... I, I, I don't think we'll see a repeat, a repeat of what we saw tonight. But I think he'll do some positive things. He'll play, again, that, that bull in a china shop basketball that he's good. He'll make a shot or two. But he's not going to have, I think, the same kind of impact and be the difference maker he was tonight, which is okay. Because remember, he's a rookie that's trying to find his ass onto the court. That's to me, that's the first hurdle. Can I get to the point where they trust me enough to give me consistent 10, 15 minutes? And he's still in that process. This was a good step in the right direction, but he has to start doing this consistently. He's got to make the most of those minutes that he gets out there so that they can ratchet it up and give him more minutes. Because he doesn't have the same issues as as Rob where there's a health dynamic that you're concerned with. He doesn't have that. He just has to make the most of his opportunity to play. Yeah, you can unleash him now, you know? Like two two months ago, 30 minutes was unheard of. That would, that would, you know, that would, no one was. No, uh, they'll so they'll have the smart Brown Tatum Kemba thing. You would think back in the fold for Friday, mm-hmm. so it will come down to the rotation wing minute, and he'll he should obviously be given the benefit of the doubt there. I think. The are we certain? Fits. Are we certain Kemba plays, or did Brad say at least Friday? Could be at least Friday. I'd I'd imagine, and that's no. I'm know, saying is the earliest Friday, or is he coming back Friday? I think it was the earliest Friday. Earliest, I believe. I don't think we're going to see him. Those oblique, <laughs> things, those oblique things are tricky. Really? If it's a, yeah, that's a, that could be that. That's a comfort thing. I wouldn't be stunned if you don't see him this weekend. So if you don't Especially see him, closer to playoffs. If you yeah, don't we, see him, there's there's a case for Neesmith to start. There really is. What does starting mean, though? No, like, you know, no. on a Brad Stevens starting. Five, no, like it's, uh, I don't want I don't him know. to start. I think that's bad. Bad things happen to guys that Brad throws in that starting lineup among young guys. It's like the black hole. They get out there and they just disappear. <laughs> That's true. Romeo, just, don't put him on Bill. Come on now. Yeah. All right. So I'm uh, I'm teasing this right now. We're going to head over in a couple of minutes to the locker room. We're going to hang out with you guys for a bit. Um, if we can put the link here in the chat and let's pin it so you guys see it. I'm getting Android questions. I I don't have the answer. Try it. What happened? Uh, I thought they were good. It, it was be- it's being beta tested, which uh, apparently a lot of people have tried. It didn't work for them. So um, I don't know yet, but come join us. There's the link um, right here. Go get some. Okay. Locker room. Um, 
get some. We're going to go over. We're going to talk um, positive things. Neesmith, should he play more? Fournier, are we worried? Marcus Smart, are you pissed? Um, you know, there's 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 a lot of things. Brad, who wants to fire Brad still? Is everyone okay with him? Did we forget? Do we just do this one night on, one night off? Or are the fire Brad people still out there right now? I don't know. Um I don't think and anyone wants to, wants to see him fired. Let's hear from you guys. Is Brown still being traded? All the stuff you talked about last night. Listen, this is, again, you can ask a question without being on the trade Jalen Brown bandwagon. Je Jeff Goodman theorized that if you can get him for Bradley Beal, then you he would do that. It is a perfectly reasonable debate to have. It is not <laughs> one where Celtics, no. fans, Celtics fans' heads should fall off. No, it no. Is the, what Celtics fans here is Goodman saying, trade Jalen Brown right now, get it done. Yeah. That's what they heard. Yeah. So freaking funny. Like, my God, guys. Like, he just asked. Bobby, did you do it again? You did it again, didn't you? I did. You forgot. What? No, I'm good. <laughs> I'm oh, good. I thought he left. I'm like, yo, you didn't, even, you didn't say you were leaving yet. Watch. Where is he? Come on on. Come on. Come in, Bobby. Is he going to the locker room? Watch. No, Bobby, too, is going to come in now. Watch this guy. This, <laughs> is, stu this is studio, that was Bobby. A, that was a seamless transition. You did that well this time. This, this is studio, Bobby. Um, but, I mean, my God, did people get triggered over that. It's just a, right, you're uh, basically uh, suggesting – You're suggesting trading Jalen Brown theoretically for the, for, the, for the top scorer in the NBA, a guy who's gotten better for five straight years and is an all-star, possible first-team all-NBA player this year. And it was the craziest thing anybody's ever heard. Like, I'm not saying I support it. I actually think it is a lateral move. No, I think, I think what you said is valid. And I yeah. said this back on Sunday for the first time in all this year, like – everybody's head exploded across Celtics nation because it is pretty big coming from me. I, I'm the biggest Brad guy going. I actually had to take this to some of my other Celtics groups and be like, guys, like I'm worried. I'm worried about this guy right now. The results are the results and the season is heading toward a dangerous place. You know, you can deal with all that I, in, in general. I'm not an advocate of anybody getting fired in the COVID year. I think it's a pass for coaches across sports with a lot of the weird stuff going on. What worried me is the reaction of the team. Because if the team stops believing in him, there's nothing you can fix there. There's no going back. And yeah. you, you've seen it at times this year. The big bomb quote, Gary Washburn, much earlier in the season, the team has tuned him out. What does that mean? We tossed it around all year. I think we've seen on certain nights what that looks like. Now, there's nights like tonight where they're locked in and they execute the game plan fantastically. Other nights, and I think in the aggregate this season, when you look at what Brad Stevens' teams look like in the past, pace, defensive connectivity, tons of passing, none of it's there this year. They are completely uh, unbecoming of a Brad Stevens team. So oh, they're not worthy. That's, <laughs> that's what worries me. We are not worthy to be coached by you, Brad. No, worried or not worried, just the funny thing to me with the, with the you know. The, John's funny. <laughs> like how, how we are not they, worthy how of this they go off the script? They're not we off the are not worthy. <laughs> no, but the, the Brown conversation is so funny that people, like, won't dare to have it. You see, you see things like Jalen Brown's super efficient. Yeah, so the frick is Bradley Beal, okay? <laughs> Bradley, he doesn't play defense. Okay, but he passes. Like, he does other things, too. He's six years older. No, he's three years older. He's no. on a bad team. All right, come Washington, on, no, Joe. Washington How are you going to say this when you're a no on the deal? 
Well, I'm saying, let's not say it's ridiculous. Washington is a, yeah. like, oh, he's a good player on a bad team. Washington's the 10 seed, has beaten Boston twice, and they're only four games back in the loss column. I got and news for you. And they're the hottest you. team in the game right now. <laughs> I got news for you. He's one player on that team. You've got two of them on this team. There's no excuse for the Celtics I, to be only four games better than Washington. That should tell you what yeah, he's see, doing for that team. See, that's so what, that's please what, don't say it's a ridiculous conversation. It's definitely one that you can have. I actually don't support it, but the absolute yeah. just people got bananas. Like, did anyone? I just think that, you guys. How dare Jeff Goodman suggest it? No, it's but the totally reason reasonable the, the to reason discuss. for the outrage is yeah. it just completely ignores the strides Brown has made this year. It does Again, not. If you, if if we asked this before the season. You have the chance to trade for Harden. You have the chance to trade for Beal down the line here, and you have to flip Brown. I think if you just say that in general, everyone goes, yeah, you probably do that deal. Now, if you add the caveat and what has actually happened this year, that Brown's going to come out and score 20 to 40 points in basically every single game, be brutally efficient, make strides as a ball handle, all this stuff, I think people get a little more hesitant, and that's what that's where the reaction comes from because you're seeing the strides year in and I year out from Brown. They're going to continue. Not- I would not make the trade. It is worth discussing. Bradley, Be- Jalen Brown's getting better. Yeah, Jaylen- of course it's Bradley Beal has gotten better each of the last five years. He is an absolute yeah. elite scorer, and he does it effortlessly. He's smooth, he's efficient, and he can play on and off the ball. He is an absolute stud. To not even allow people to have the conversation without calling them idiots means you're an idiot okay that's all it is but that, so, that's the world today john that's, Jesus. that's the world we live in you're it's a totally to reasonable conversation right jimmy yeah that's it it. Is. i mean you're right it's, to- it's totally reasonable what, whether like you said whether you whether you want to do the deal or not or whether you admit that it would take extra picks to whatever it, whatever it would be to make it quote unquote even it's not a slight at jalen brown to kind of throw is. it out you're talking about trading him for the leading scorer in the NBA. You're not saying yeah. to dish him for a prospect. You're not – you're going forward. That's not what here. Goodman I said, I, though. I, I think the only reason you, you see it as a slight, Bobby, is because you're seeing it as, oh, he's not good enough. You know, oh, just, you know, break up these two because it's, it's – like, do you see it like that? That's the, the That would be the thinking behind that deal. You're not upgrading – and making a move that's going to make you substantially better. You're looking at Brown and Tatum and saying, oh, these guys can't work. We have to mix it up somehow. We have to you bring in could. Tatum's friend to placate him. Yeah. One which of could, two which things. could very well happen. That could be a thing. That could but the other, th- the other situation theoretically could be that uh, just simply, do you think Brown is it, it, Bobby, you think Brown's ceiling is higher than Beals is now. If you don't, is there, yes, it you is. can. And, and if it, it is, is, then you, th- it is. Then you hey, don't I've make the trade. I've said all year long. And I'm I don't know. I'm still not convinced. I'm still not 100%. I might be 90%. I'm, you know, we've seen the early things from these guys, but who, who's saying that Tatum is absolutely going to have the better career than Jalen Brown? Can you say that definitively? No, not definitively. I I I feel pretty good about that, though. I take that bet. I take the bet probably. I, I, I think that's. I, I think, think but be, you can't say it for certain. He could be more Jaylen, top five than Jalen. If Jalen Brown ends up as good as Bradley Beal is now, I think that will be a, a, an absolute. That'll be a great what if, development. What if Brown okay? got 
25, 30 shots a game like Beal does. He doesn't. He gets 22 and Brown gets 18, okay? So it's, see, a, Bobby, four, it's, a, it's a four-shot difference. They're both incredibly efficient scorers. There really isn't a way you can knock Beal to make the Jalen argument. You have to just simply say, you, you, know, you have to just simply say, you think his all-around game is going to be able to transcend what Beal does, but Beal does a lot, and I just don't think he's actually no, I properly love rated. He's not properly yeah. rated. He's a phenomenal player, so it's not an insult to Brown at all to right. suggest you trade yeah. him for that. Well, this is why people freaked out. Goodman said Brown and Smart for him. Brown and Ro he was just willing to toss whatever out yeah, there. You talked about insult. picks. You talked yeah. about picks. No, he threw in, he threw in well. Rob and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, no, it was a very aggressive offer for a guy that yeah, I love <laughs> Beal. It's a very aggressive offer. <laughs> <laughs> I love Beal. Well, it depends on I, I just think you, know how I you, need, you need to make this a big three. You can't right. be swapping out. That's Brown and ideal. Yeah. Of course, you would rather bring Beal in without trading Jalen Brown. That's a duh. You know, yeah. but I think the reality is you can't, in order to make a big wave, you might have to break those guys up. And if you're going to do it, why not go get this guy who's best buddies with Jason that might be able to play and complement him better than Brown because he can also play off the ball and he can distribute a little bit better and they're pals. And maybe that's the key. That's his that rationale. That could happen down the line. I think it's, it's not, way too early. It's not, asin, yeah. it's not a ridiculous rationale. It's not. I, I think That's it's way it's, too it's, early it, to condemn. Uh, I'm just always it's worried. The same, it's, it's the same thing that we, we started, you know, just the idea that, you know, let's talk about Brad as, as maybe he's not the right coach. Just the idea of that had people screaming at the top of their lungs a few months ago. And now, you know, it's, it's less of a crazy discussion. It's the same thing with, you know, Jalen Brown for uh, Bradley Beal, for example. It's like, you can have the discussion. It's not out of the realm of possibilities. It's it's okay to talk about. Well, you know, where's his? What's his value at? You know, why would his? Why should this work? Why shouldn't this work? It's not that crazy. People in Washington, people in DC, might be saying the same exact. They'd be thing like, I would fans. never trade Bill for Brown. If, right. you're, if you're the Wizards yeah. right now, I bet you a Wizards chat room right now would be like, never would I trade Bill for Brown. So it's. I right. mean, and that's what makes these discussions great. And Sherrod, it makes me think back to remember when we did this at NBC, when we did the hypothetical trades the year they drafted Tatum. Awesome. The best thing about those was no matter what we pitched, people were just as angry on both sides of it. It yeah. was like, you know, you, the Celtics are giving up way too much. And the other side would be like, we would never do that deal. You know, so that's what's funny about it. Mike, I, I bet you if you told Washington right now, Beal for Brown, would you do it? They'd be like, never, you know, or at least, or at least. Wizards I think, fans, yeah, I think not the Wizards to, organization. Right. I think if it came to the point where Beal wanted to leave, though, is there a piece around the NBA that they would? You know, prefer? that's a different conversation. Not the organization. Would the fans want to do it? If you're a Wizards right. fan, right? Hey, now, I know, I know. Rockets fans are still furious. They don't have Brown over for Harden. Like yeah, that was who they, they wanted. Well, yeah, but they, they knew Harden. Well, they got was a bunch gone. of rocks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's that. So yeah. I would absolutely. I mean, be pissed about that. Hell yeah. yeah. All right, so we got a little blood in the water here, just like Goodman did yesterday. So Sherrod and I are going to head over. Bobby, Jimmy, Josue, you can continue this conversation. Take it somewhere else. Rest of you guys, whoever wants, join us over in locker room. We're going to go chat with you right now. Uh, well, Jimmy, say, say some outlandish things to Bobby. Be oh, gosh, I'm out of here. <laughs> no, why don't we make this – let's make this the cornet hour that Bobby didn't get to have last night. Let's do no, it. There are a lot of leftover oh, no, topics man. from last night. That dude didn't even – Plenty of gripes. We're gonna talk about him, right? If if the guy you wanted to spend forty five minutes talking about last night doesn't play tonight, you don't get to talk about him anymore. Those are the rules. That's a fair rule, right? Well, we have a big we announcement. We'll see him in a couple we, of days. We have a big announcement coming here. That's you tell them all about it. I'm gonna take off.
All right, oh, man, there goes John. So what here we got? go. Yo, you gonna play gallery mode? Try gallery mode. Let's no. do it. Jesus, <laughs> I want people to really see our reactions when I say this. We have right here tomorrow. I've been teasing this for a day. Tomorrow? On Dome Theory, on CLNS Media. Oh, shoot, Dome Theory. 4.30 Eastern, we are talking to Nicole Cornette, the sister of Luke Cornette. <laughs> she is our wow. special guest here on <laughs> yeah, Dome Theory. Yo, that okay. builds up, I swear, Bobby. Yo, with that kind of build up, when when it's someone that you really, really into, like Cornette, I could tell, man. You really have me on that one. But okay, Once right. upon a time, remember, Anna Horford used to come on here all the time. She's on the network now, but we're introducing Celtics fans to Nicole Horford. All right, okay. Nicole. Nicole Cornette. Nicole Cornette, all right. And getting to know their family. She played at UCLA, which I never knew. It was you know a star that, there. That that uh that role is vacant, you know. Bobby, since, Anna, since Anna left, no one's really taken on that spot. Bobby, I'm gonna send you some questions that I need to know about Luke. That I'm, people gotta, gotta to know ask. about Luke. This is why I this is why I'm doing it. I don't think people know who Luke is. Well, I don't I'm think people know what he's them. about. I, yeah, I'm gonna text you. Random, down on paper, I'm gonna text you all my questions. But obviously, a lot of it's gonna have to do with with his style. What's he like off the court? Uh, you know, <laughs> Jimmy's gonna try to push. Passage, all those no, things. Bob, I mean Jimmy's Jimmy's gonna ask about her friends and stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm hey, if you ever need a, you know, someone show. to show you guys around sure. Boston, I'm gonna assume she's a little tall for me, just without even looking. But... I was I just like, amazed. I feel like most ball players they usually pick shorter girls. I don't know. Oh, you said sister. Never mind. It's sister, yeah, sister. bro. Sorry. I just, oh, did, I just that's did the how, classic. That's not how the Anna, cornets work. The Anna, the Anna Celtics. Uh, that's what everyone did with fans, Anna too. They yeah. still do that to this day. I still see tweets every now and then. Like you're just mad because your husband's not here anymore or something like that. So, that's gotta be tough to listen to. Anyway, yeah. uh, we're talking to her. I can't wait for people to get to know him. But yesterday, I could not believe ten, seven, four, and three, and you guys didn't even mention him. I mean, this is the stuff I get excited about when I see him play. The fact that he's able to stuff the box score, do a lot of different things out there. I, I'm not advocating for him to play over Thompson and Rob. If they're healthy, it is what it is. But I love him being here as that third center. I think he can produce. I think he does a lot of things that they like offensively and defensively. He slides. He moves his feet. He has 14 blocks in 12 games. Like This was a nice addition for Tice. We, we thought – they got absolutely nothing for him. And it looks like they got a nice rotation piece. Yeah, I mean, that was the the throwing in the deal, I guess. But Brad did say that he was that he had eyes for him for years. But I don't know. I feel like he has eyes for a lot of people. But no, I think they were sincere. I mean, even before Perk, you know, said what he said with us, he was literally moments after the trade happened, he was the first person that was like, Oh hey, my god, I forgot about that until he yeah. said it. And, and I was laughing like, too. Oh, Again, really? I wasn't I wasn't he, a day one cornet guy. He doubled down like twice, and he was like, "Listen, guys, no, in all seriousness, like this guy can ball. Like he'll he'll do some things for Brad. I'm really pumped about this." So, and again, no, we're I not mean, the. Oh, go ahead. No, I was I was just gonna say. I mean, I think like a lot of Celtics fans, there people said, "Who's Luke Cornet?" And no, no offense, it was just he's not one of those players that you know you you know a lot of. Casual <laughs> Everyone NBA flipped fans up would, for for Wagner. <laughs> They're like, "Oh, Mo Wagner's yeah, playing. would know about, yeah. but." Absolutely. I mean, we, we you know we joke about him a lot on the show. It's all in good fun. He, he has been fairly effective in his time on the team. Absolutely. I was, you know, I know he's a little bit of a matchup based player because of his size and style of play. But every time he's in there, he's more likely than not making a positive effect on on one end or the other. I mean, it's good to have a legit seven footer type guy in there. Um, he's 
does have that range, which we know, you know, this, is, this, this league has turned into that stretch big, stretch big league. And, you know, like you said, he came, he came onto the team as somebody that you didn't even know would make the roster after a couple of days, right? And then it turns out that he's playing actual, you know, quality minutes for you and, and effective minutes. So um, definitely a positive for them. Uh, I wonder if he'll be back. I, I don't know how that's gonna how that's gonna go in the off season, but uh, I think he's definitely carved himself a small role. But like you said, Rob's back now with Tristan Thompson going in there. You might get a couple of minutes here and there from Luke, but um, you know if he can make the most of them, who knows? And 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 with Rob's health and with you know who, you, you know you might get a big you might end up with a bigger role at some point. Good so there we have it. 4.30 tomorrow, live on CLNS. Nicole Cornett joins us here on Dome live? Theory. Yep, we're going live. You can tune oh. in. Guys, tune in and get your questions in. You yeah, go. you can you can jump in here in the chat. and We've we've done that in the past there on Dome Theory. we got some good guests lined up. Uh, anything Causeway Street you want to throw out there, Josue? Oh, man. I appreciate that, Bobby. But no, we're just recording another episode tomorrow. Right. <laughs> we'll, have, we'll have another episode coming up soon. Listen, they... Um, Listen to you and Max talk about Terrence Clark. That was pretty good stuff yeah, going on with the Celtics. Yeah, man, yeah. Max, uh, that was that was a great episode. Um, but no, I was gonna say uh, one more thing about Cornet, man. I, I swear, any any other uh, person in the organization uh, from the front office could have made that Big Bird comment, but just because it was Danny Ainge, it was just so funny. Like, like that's such a. Like, <laughs> can you see that's Danny Ainge looking at put, setting eyes on Cornet, and within ten seconds, just like Big Bird, like just said it. And then that was it. it. Like it was, it was. It's, it's incredible not. when it comes to that weird Celtics Twitter, and weird Celtics Twitter is kind of dead at this point. But from the day it got started, Danny Ainge and Mike Zarin were like two of the biggest proponents of it, and they were just feeding quite a bit of content. You know, some people think uh, Zarin was that Twitter account. Who, who was the name of it? I can't even remember at this point. But uh, the they. Oh, Janos. Janos, yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> They were very willing and able to contribute to all that. Tommy contributed. It was just amazing how everything fell into place with all that. But that shows where we are now. This isn't fun anymore, night in and night out. We're just struggling to get through these games. And when they have a night like tonight, it's such a breath of fresh air. It's surprising. You don't expect it to last. Like, do we expect this team to be swarming around on Friday and playing great like they did tonight? It's, it's almost certain that they're going to revert to some of their worst habits. <laughs> yeah, it is. We just don't know if it's going to be Friday or if it's going to be next week. You know, who's Friday? Like that Who six game play? winning streak. That, that was a whole different team. Friday's the Spurs. Sunday is the Trailblazers. Wait, Friday's the Spurs? Yep. I'm almost certain. Yeah. 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 You're right. I thought it was. Uh, so some Western Conference action. It is the they, Spurs. Yeah. They've the actually played pretty well against the West this year. So the I, I feel, has been balling. I feel decent about them. Uh, so that's all I got. I don't see a ton of questions in here. If anyone wants to throw a few rapid fire, I do think we're going to get over to – oh, there goes Jimmy. He's Damn, getting Jimmy, over there Jimmy already. Jimmy didn't even say peace out. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we might as well wrap we it go. there. Locker room is fired up. Yeah, let's do it, guys. Join me on my uh, my Uber ride. I'm on the, the – Joe Sway's got to get out of here anyway. So join us on Locker Room. Try out the – Oh, there's Jimmy. Try out the Android I'm app. Back. I don't know anything about it because I'm on the iPhone, but I do think – we got a different level, a different kind of clientele in there. From I was I was listening live last night. It was like probably what prime Boston sports radio was back in the day <laughs> when everyone was freaking yeah. out about the Red Sox. And I just it's dead on. All I gotta tell people is please just relax a little bit. Still freak out. Still no, I disagree. Passion. Yeah, no, 
don't. But don't I relax. I heard some I heard some voices that looked. I was scared some people were gonna have a heart attack or something last night. I, <laughs> <laughs> I Dude, it was one of those there games. Was like three, four straight calls. It was just like boom, boom, boom. I know what you're talking about. It was around oh that time. Lord. These guys are these guys. It are was honestly one of those up. games though where people had no choice but to just vent and just yeah. get crazy for a little bit because. It was a crazy, awful. I was worried box. about and, some and, of these. And isn't that dangerous, Jimmy? Because then sometimes you could really like force the issue. You'd be like, you know what? Yeah, yeah, you know what? Yeah, Trey Tatum too. F it. You know, like <laughs> yeah. you get I'm so done. into it. I'm done with them all. And then this an hour later, right. you're like, what was I saying? Like, wait, what? No, don't do that. So, so I'm seeing some feedback that Android's working. So that's great. I I didn't oh, expect it to be coming out this season, and it looks like it's already getting done. So that's great. We're gonna head over there. Show. Friday is the Spurs, I confirmed. I'll be at the Garden that night. I'm going to bring some rat protection, I believe. Uh, just because <laughs> Joe yeah, Sway so warned me. Joe, you thought Joe Sway was scared when he saw it? You should see me when I see one of those things. It's bad. <laughs> yeah, I hope it I up. can see that, yeah. <laughs> I really I do. <laughs> so, but but, but in, in your, uh, for, for your luck, man, it's getting warmer out, so I guess that helps, you know. 7.30 Spurs Celtics on Friday. That was one of the worst... There's been a lot of bad losses this year. That was one of the previous worst losses of the year, the last time they saw the Spurs. Um, but they played the Trailblazers great, so that should be a good one on Sunday. And we're getting really close to the end of the year. Celtics at 33-30. and 30. That means there are nine games left until the playoffs. Can you believe it? We're, like it's, it's, it's been time. a long-ass season. Hey, Jalen told us last night that 10 games is plenty of, plenty of time, plenty of enough uh, experience or reps or whatever to, to, for the team to turn around. <laughs> if all they have to do is flip the switch, I guess. But uh, I'm feeling pretty yeah. good about it. I know there was a lot of talk last night about them losing in the play-in. I mean, if they run into the Charlotte team, even with a few of the guys coming back, or who else is going to be in that play-in territory? Like. It's the Indiana. mental makeup. Of, it's the mental makeup of the Celtics team that leads me. That doesn't. I don't, that's why I don't like them in a one-game playoff. I, I, they can they can prove me wrong or show otherwise down the stretch here. But based on what I've seen this season, why would I have faith that oh the Celtics? Oh yeah, they always show up for the must-win like game. Like no, I don't feel that way right now. I I just don't love the competition there that they're going to be running into. But we'll see. We'll talk anybody. about that. And some locker room stuff over at locker room. Yeah, the Knicks have a tough schedule down the stretch, I heard Grandy say. So that could be a possibility. We're out of here. Joe Sway's going to run. Dog barking. My dog's freaking out. So we're going to go over to the locker room. Peace. Go walk that thing, Bobby. See ya.